The latest on the Pac-12 television talks, where it puts the Big 12 conference realignment. We'll speak with the media expert. Jim Williams joins us today. That's coming up on today's Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, we are brought to you all here on this Monday, April 17th, 2023, by the FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Big 12 on YouTube. Also, find us wherever you get your podcast on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Joining us today, Jim Williams. Uh, I mean, where do you even start with, with your career? Uh, you know, seven time Emmy winner as a, a TV director, been involved in media consulting. Um, you know, you've been on top of this, this big 12 and, and kind of pack 12 situation. And so where I want to start, Jim, number one is thank you for coming on. Number two, as I've covered this for, uh, you know, basically approaching, I guess, with the pack 12 situation a year now, the circle of people that, that have talked about conference realignment has grown. And I think from that standpoint, I'm not sure if you know, it's the same thing. The idea of like, where should we get our information from? It feels like that has that has kind of changed. There are more people now offering information. And there was a point that I made the other day. The, uh, the people who honestly know about what's happening remain a select few, although the number that are talking about it continues to expand. There's an old saying, Josh, that those who know aren't talking and those who are talking don't know. Um, I tend to believe that. Uh, I, <laughs> I see... You know, you go on Twitter, you go anywhere, you see sources said, you know, it's like, who are these people? Right. Um, when, you know, my process in either writing or doing research on any of this having to do with Big 12, Pac-12, all of this, is I'm not going to, I'm not going to state that a source told me anything if I don't think, A, the source is credible, and B, that it brings something to the, to the party. Um, I'll, I'll give you a for instance. Over the weekend, I talked to some people who were in the ACC, okay? Um, I asked them just curiously, have, when did you guys last talk to the, the back 12 about, you know, doing some things together? They said, well, we're, we're still talking to them. Okay, so, okay. So I just threw out on Twitter, by the way, Big 12, I'm sorry, Big um, Pac-12 and ACC, continuing to talk about ventures they can do together. And then I literally put at the bottom of it, don't go crazy, this means nothing other than they're talking to each other. By, you know, by an hour later, you know, things have gone way off the rails. And it's just like, you you gotta, you gotta take the, the, and it's hard to do. You got to take the passion in the, in the, um, uh, and whatever else you have in a way of bias out of this and just look at it for what it's worth. I didn't say that because grief. I simply brought it up as a point of interest. Okay. It had, you know, I had reported, I wasn't the only one, a bunch of people reported last summer that they had, con- had conversations. Great. So does that mean that they're going to do something that I did? Fine. So you try to help clarify things for both people in the Pac-12 as well as the big, you know, uh, the big. Right. 
Because uh, some folks might see that and say, well, well the Pac-12 is very much alive if they're planning something with the ACC. But the reality is if that fell through, the ACC is, you know, that's no skin off their back. I mean, it just, no. it falls through, right? So there's really not, there's nothing really to panic about or think too much. Well, about. that's like you and I sitting here today and saying, right. Josh, you know what? Let's have a barbecue next week. Okay. Well, midway through the week, it rains or you have something come up or I have something. Right. Come up. And we say, you know what? We can't do it. Okay. Fine. Right. Did we lose anything by having that conversation? No. Other than a barbecue, other than right. that, we didn't get it. But no, it's, it's not that. Um, I've seen people call into question John Skipper's knowledge of contracts, which I thought, yeah, which is it's just absolutely curious, right? I mean, if anybody knows television contracts, it would be John well, Skipper. Well, especially the ACC's contract, right? So, you know, it's like I'm not. There's almost there's an old saying: you can't defend crazy, and so you just let it go. But so can we can we, can we quickly just do the ACC thing really fast? So it's my understanding that their their grant of rights is pretty much ironclad. I mean, it's it is going to be nearly impossible to break it. Now, some people say if a certain number of teams were to leave, it would eight. It, it could do that. Eight. Yeah. That is a large number of teams. People. That is it's it's half the league. And yeah. so when people are talking I mean, about I mean, it, you that's know, why it's so hard, right? You, right. People talking about movement. I mean, they're kind of set in, right? They're kind of they're kind of set right now. Well, it's ironclad. Now, the only place, and this is where Skipper came into the equation, Skipper talked about the possibility of a merger partnership between the PAC and the ACC. Mm. And the this theory of the case that John brought up was that there is, in the contract, the ACC network contract, that if you're outside of an ACC territory, it costs you between 50 and 70 cents per subscriber to carry the ACC network. Right. Automatically, if you're in, if let's say um, one of the PAC 12 schools and entered the ACC for this purpose, right, to, to grow the network, let's just use Oregon for the moment, then cable companies in Oregon would pay $2 instead of the 48 or 50 cents, because that's what you get if you're in an ACC market, okay? And that is that is written into the agreement, and that's how... So John had advanced the idea that maybe a merger slash partnership, whatever, a way to get both sides' revenue could be the merging of these two networks, the Pac-12 network and the ACC. It was a theoretical, okay? based on what John obviously knew of a contract, which John had some pretty good, you know, expertise in. Does that mean the two sides are going to do it? No. It's a simple, this could happen, you know, right. just as easy as it could not. But the point was that there was the only way for the two sides to actually work together and generate revenue, to your point, because it's an ironclad deal, was the ACC network contract had that accelerator clause in it? That was so, it. yeah, right. And, and so, so you know, I see a lot of folks saying, "Well, we should turn our attention to the ACC." And, and unless, like, unless the Big Ten and the yeah. SEC were like, "All right, you take four, and I'll take <laughs> three, and <laughs> the Big Twelve takes true. one," like right. nothing's like this is this is a dumb conversation. It is not a conversation worth having. 
it, and it's most, also, you know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you're right. It's, you know, you, hypotheticals are fun. Okay. That doesn't mean they're right. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Well, it's funny because I've found, I found myself talking, you know, so much of kind of the earlier coverage of this was hypothetical, you know, Oh my God, think about what the conference could be like. And we talked about it kind of to death. I mean, we know the players at this point in time, there's sure. some variations there. There's some different examples of what it could look like and be like, but at this point in time, we're past that. We're, we're trying to now go the opposite direction be like, all right, let's, you know, the toothpaste is out of the tube, if you will, but right. we're trying to be like, all right, what is fact and what is fiction? I think that leads me to the next thing I want to ask you about is where we are right now, because this is my read on it and, and tell me if this is what you're hearing or, or where you think we are. I think the Pac-12 right now, they're trying to find a deal that, that makes sense for them. And by makes sense, I think it's very challenging because the wants and needs of Oregon and Washington are different than Stanford and Cal are different than Utah and, and Colorado and Arizona and state. And then obviously Oregon state, Washington state will kind of take anything at this point in time. And we know that a lot of these schools have a strong desire to stay together. They would not be out publicly talking about it if they did not desire that mm -hmm. at the same time, it sounds like a sufficient offer has not presented itself, whether it be because of a dollar figure, because of the amount of streaming plus the amount of cable, because of where that cable is, all of those factors, but a deal that does not work for them has not been presented. Also, there is an available offer for some of these schools to go to the big 12. And I don't think any, anybody has made up their mind yet about what they're going to do because at this moment in time, it doesn't feel like they have to. Now I, uh, it's my opinion. They're starting to get a little close to maybe decision-making time, but they don't have to make a decision at this moment in time or the pressure continues to mount. No, I, I, I would agree with most of it, Josh. Um, what I would say is this. I think that um, where we are with this is, can you live with a deal that is highly streaming with a, you know, a 40 to 50% uh, linear deal? Or do you need north of, of that amount? Okay. Now, um, I wrote a piece for Forbes a couple weeks ago where it was, I, I detailed the, in, the time and investment that Apple and, and uh, Amazon had put into the 12, Pac-12, okay? And how the Pac-12 has embraced, you know, the entire tech industry. And as a matter of fact, if you look at it, um, you've got conservatively between 50 and 60,000 graduates of Pac-12 schools who are in the tech business. And so on one side, you've got the presidents of the universities who are openly uh, courting students to their universities based on what Apple does, what's based right. on Amazon does, what's based right. on Microsoft and, and YouTube and all of it, and literally, at the launch parties of Amazon's Prime Video and at you know uh, Apple um, Apple Plus TV, uh, they birthed this. Okay, so now how do you go back to Tim, to you know to to all these guys and say you know what guys, it's really nice that you know Apple's in this and Amazon's in this, but you know we're gonna have to tell you no because. You know, the, the, the basketball coach at, at uh, Arizona is, is a little ticked off that he may not get, you know, the kind of exposure he needs. 
Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. You guys can go there today. Use FanDuel.com slash locked on. You guys can sign up for free when you all do. And you have the opportunity to get up to $1,000 back in free bets when you guys go there today. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you go. And they've got everything you all want. They've got the NBA playoffs going on, Major League Baseball going on. You guys can bet on the NFL draft coming up. You guys can bet on next year's NFL season, next year's college football season. And also, they've got the best interface out there. There's nobody who has a better, cleaner, sleeker look, an easier-to-use sportsbook, and easier to sign up at sportsbook with the best odds. Everything you could want in a sportsbook is there. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. Once again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Um, but isn't but isn't that the argument here? Because this yeah. this is the one. I, I'm not sure if like, I'm not sure what the right word to use for it. The human part of this is that recruiting, which is the lifeblood of these athletics, right. is is way behind where like techno like the future of this is 100 percent streaming. Right? Uh, there's yeah. some live sports, but Amazon bought an NFL package. YouTube right. TV is going to have the new NFL the uh, NFL Sunday ticket. Right. So we're, that's where we're headed. We're headed in that direction. The MLS went all the way. MLS went all the way there, you know, and, and I think we're like, you know, I, I think, um, you know, Champions League is on, is on Paramount Plus. Big box, boxing and UFC have been way ahead of this for a long time. So it's this weird dance, right? And I guess the Pac-12, I, I hadn't thought about the tech side of it, but they are so ingratiated in the tech culture, but it's, could you do it like, well, could you hold on? We'll, we'll be with you guys soon enough we still need to be on cable because when you go to mom and pops, you know, when you're in the living room pitching the, the, um, you know, Hey, how can you watch your son play? It doesn't need to be some long drawn out process. We have to download an app or pay for a service. I want to flip on ESPN and be able to see my son or daughter. Right. The thing, Josh, that a lot of people are missing here. Okay. Is there the, you know, a lot of people watching us right now have Apple watches on or something like, you know, very true. Okay. That was developed, those Apple Watches were developed with a grant of a lot of money to Stanford University, where in their, you know, medical department, the medical school, they literally beta tested all of this stuff, okay? So we look at things often through, you know, through an athletic aspect, okay? Mm -hmm. Athletics makes no money for the schools. Let me just say that as strongly as I can possibly say it. They make no money for these schools, okay? Research and development, 10 times the amount of money that an athletic budget is, is there, okay? And, as, and in point of fact, in fairness, okay, there's only about 30 schools in the country that actually break even or make a little money in, the, in, in athletics. But isn't that because they spend it all? I mean, the, the, there is, they spend a lot of the money on, you know, sports staff and the facilities and all those things. So, yeah. you know, the, well, while they make the argument, they don't break even. I mean, they could, they just put it back into the, the athletics, whether well, as extravagant as it is at times. And, and, but in fairness, Josh, in fairness to the athletic department, okay. All of the athletics departments are nonprofit organizations. Right. Okay? So they're not built to make money. Right. They're, they're built to spend, to spend the money they bring in. They're, they're exactly they're, they're trying you try to get them to at least be self-sufficient right that, that's where they go so I, I, I what I try to do here is split this into a point where understand that universities have many different ways that they like to look at things and 
college presidents and athletic directors are not always on the same wavelength. Page. Oh, yeah. So that's all I'm saying in that regard. Mm-hmm. And now here's the good thing for the Big 12, right? You've got you got four schools that came in. They 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 ran out and, and did the right thing. They they expanded, they picked the right candidates. Then when Bowlesby left, um, you know, and Normark came in, he went off and decided, okay, let me see if I can get a TV deal done so that everything that we do from this point forward shows that at least, if nothing else, we are a stable organization, okay? So even if we didn't have this sideshow going on in the Pac-12, the Big 12 would have to think very very well of themselves from where they came a year ago. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at that, if you're going to go with stability behind the, AC, the SEC and behind, you know, the Big Ten, you'd have to say that the most stable conference on the, you know, of the five right now is the Big 12 because the ACC is having some, you know, grief down with Clemson. The television deal is awful. The television deal is, is really, truly bad. Yeah, though. it is. And there's some schadenfreude there from me for John Swafford. Thank you very much, John, for doing that. Um, and then there's the Pac-12 issues. So, but if you're a Big 12 person, if none of this ever happened, right, talking about the Pac-12, you have to feel comfortable that going forward, you're in a good place. So everything else pretty much is gravy. If you pick up a school from the Big 12, or, I'm sorry, the Pac-12, or two schools or no schools, you'd still have to feel happy that, you know what, we're in a good place. Isn't it, So this to me is where the Big 12, this is what they offer, right? I mean, th- this is not a tremendous amount of money that we're mm-hmm. talking about from the Big 12. But what they offer is stability. Mm-hmm. They offer, uh, I mean, they, what they offer also too is, is a commissioner who's, you know, very clearly has done a fantastic job so far. And, and I think, you know, it's been effusive praise across the board. It's great, but like he is doing a very good job. Um, and, and my question about this, if you're a Pac-12 president slash, you know, brass at one of these, mm-hmm. one of these schools is how much kind of insecurity are you willing to put up with? Because I think, it's been a fair amount. I mean, the amount, you know, I thought them, those presidents going out there and posturing a few weeks ago, they look, you know, I thought they'd be hammered more than they have been because they mm-hmm. basically completely lied. And th- that's what I thought they were doing. I, th- I thought, you know, it was supposed to be a show of unity and we are here to say, you know, and I thought uh, ASU's president, he kind of, what he didn't say was what he said was very right. illuminating because he said, uh, we're going to like the number that we're going to get, but also said, you know, we're going to like the number we're going to get as in they don't see it right now. They haven't seen the the numbers. They haven't seen the right offer yet. And so I'm like, well, you can't be about this confident about an offer that you actually have not seen at this point in time. And so that was, <laughs> that was, that was what was confusing to me about this, but you have timelines being pushed back repeatedly. Right. You have the, what it sounds like lack presentation of a, of a success of an acceptable offer across the board. You have the specter of two programs like Oregon and Washington when it comes to football want to be competing for college football championships. And look, that financial gap to the schools they're competing with is going to be way, way bigger if they stay in the Pac-12. So there's no guarantee they stay for a long term. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, you know, wh- if you leave and go to the Big 12, you're joining a conference that is strong. It's going to hit the – they could hit the market even twice 
uh, before the ACC does. Because let's be honest, the Big 12 is not competing with the Big 10, the SEC. They're competing with the other conferences. But they'll hit the market twice before 2036, potentially. And so also, when you leave and go to the Big 12, you weaken the Pac-12. So one competitor you have is now worse. And that even just strengthens the conference a bit more. And so I'm wondering, and I'm wondering if you believe this too, is, is there a certain line where somebody says, you know what, maybe we can get a deal done, but just the, as much as we want to stay, the insecurity continually is just is unacceptable at this point, and we need, to, we need to do something to secure our status. I think that the philosophy of the, big, the Pac-12 versus the Big 12 is different. And it's hard to, it's hard to explain it. It's hard to quantify it. I understand. Yeah, I understand what you mean. <laughs> so that that being said, um, let's take Arizona for instance, okay, and Colorado for instance. They may think that they're that it's in be- their best interest to move to the Big Twelve, okay. But who wants to be first, right? I think what they want to do is have the cover of having a deal priced in front of them that they can say, you know what? I'm sorry, the deal, we waited, okay? We were presented the deal and now we just realize we cannot, it's just, it's unsustainable for us to do that, okay? Now, why would you do that? You would do that for the ability to prove that, okay, we listened, you know, we, we were here, we listened, we. We took the slings and arrows that everybody was throwing at us. But, you know, it's just not acceptable. So there's a, it's a very, it's more of a nuanced thing. Oh, I understand. I mean, yeah, first, cleaner, yeah, it's a cleaner getting out of, of the deal than rather rushing out and saying, all right, I'm leaving tomorrow. I don't care. So is it your understanding yet that, like, I think the question I've had is, how many actual offers have been presented? I guess what what would constitute an actual offer? Because this kind of gets to the crux of the issue is what works for Oregon and Washington, right. mostly them, does not, that's that's a different standard than what everybody else might have. Right. I, I think, honestly, at this point, I can't believe that they don't have at least soft numbers of what they're, what's out there. Okay. And by no indication, do they, do they have soft numbers? I, I'm again, I, I said, I am guessing. Right. 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 I, I just didn't know if you had any, any information on this because you, I agree with you. You'd feel like at some point in time, you have to have some soft numbers. Well, you're not, you're not going to have presidents go out and talk if they don't have a clue as to what is being offered. Now, remember that I hear this one. Well, they don't have any former offers. For, uh, formal offers, excuse me. Um, well, that usually doesn't come until the very, very, very last thing. Right. You've, you've gone, I would, I would say, let's say you and I are negotiating and you're negotiating for, you know, for ESPN and, and or whomever, pick a, you know, pick an organization. And I'm for the, and I'm playing the role of George Piyakov today. Um, we are changing back and forth papers. We're saying, okay, this is what I got to have you. You sent it back and said, sorry, I can't do that, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. How far can you go here? How far can you go there? You're going back and forth with multiple players here, okay? And in this case, multiple players who have never done this before, college deals. College deals are a whole lot more intricate than, than professional deals, okay? So you're, you're working your way back and forth. 
papers changing back and forth to different people. I don't, do they know the exact figure? No. Do they know a range? I, I have to think they know a range of what it is. And I've always can, said this. I honestly believe if they can hit a number north of 26, 27, even though it's a little bit shy of 31, I don't think they'll move. I agree. If they can get that. And if they, and that's with everything else, you know, the caveat being everything else being equal, right? 50 or more percent of, of, of linear. I think that that would say, so I think what they're doing right now, and don't forget that the Arizona president or the Colorado people could be shooting a, you know, a shot across the bow at George Lyakov saying, this is our marker, buddy. You know, this is what we want. And so they're in some ways using the Big 12 to try to get what they want. That's it it, the first time that that has happened. It, it's you know what's interesting about the Big 12 piece of this is that, so it all ties in the offer you'd mentioned, right? right. It's been widely reported. The PAC 12 had the same offer on the table. And this goes to your point of it's not formal, right? It's not formal until it is until we're at the finish line. All right. You know, Fox is this much. The ESPN's this much. We've all decided that here comes the offers. Sure. So, you know, um, but you have, you know, so you have all the offers there, that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's how it goes. Um, is there any chance that if you're a Pac-12 school like Oregon and I think, uh, or excuse me, like Colorado and Arizona, because I think the consensus now is that those are the two mo most likely programs to jump just with the amount of, you know, Colorado's been there before. And I think Arizona's president was pretty public being like, we've got no problem being the conference where it's good. It's all basketball and we're close to California and we're going to entry point out there. So we could, we're kind of cool with all of it. Um, how much concern do you think there would be for them saying, well, you know what? Uh, the Big 12 saying, look, as time goes on, you guys are in a more desperate spot. And, you know, the quality of our offer to you could change, um, you know, if, if you're not in your mark, right? So is that a possibility? And once again, I think that's very unlikely and it's a hypothetical, but it did happen from the television side of things. Is it insane to think that it could happen from the conference standpoint because they're also tied in with TV? Well, first of all, I've never seen nothing is ever too insane. Um, yeah, at this point in time, right. I mean, uh, UCLA is playing Rutgers in a conference game. Right, coming up, so, yeah. can't, wait, can't wait to get to Piscataway and watch that. Right. Um, anyway, um, I think when, when the conversations between the Big 12 and schools in the, in the, um, in the Pac-12, Brett Yermark is, is nothing if not savvy. Okay. I know that the last thing that any of these athletic directors and specifically these presidents, you know, want to do is have a conversation where, you know, you're being pushed to do something. Um, that would be a huge mistake. And I don't think they made it. I think that when they had these conversations, they were soft sell. Okay. They're like, okay, look guys, we know you want to stay together. We were just in the same boat, you know, a year ago. We understand the insecurity of what happens tomorrow. We don't know. Okay. We want you to know that we're here. Okay. We're going to be here. Uh, we want you to come to our, you know, if, if, if anything and everything goes wrong and you don't want to be there anymore, we feel that we offer a very, a very good alternative. I don't think a hard sell where you start 
saying, well, you know, we're not going to be here. You know, we'll, we'll have to reduce that, that price is a theory that works on the Pac-12. It might have worked on others, but it's not going to work on the Pac-12. Right. They, you know, they're going to turn around and say, look, buddy, you know, for, we'll, we'll eat that extra, you know, if it's $4 million a year more or less, I don't care. You know, we're not, we're not moving. So I think, I don't think that there was a big hard sell for the Big 12 because I don't think they need to. I think they, they are sitting there going, look, we're giving you, if you want to come, the door is open. Okay. Because they realize this is, this thing is not going to go on forever. Okay. If it goes on for another month or perhaps two months, okay, fine. What's two months? You got the time. So there's no sense in pushing them because that could go the wrong way. It's just being there as a, as someone who can say, look, we're here. You know, we, we offer an alternative that we feel is very, very good. We don't have to sell it any harder. In, in the end, financially, do you think it's going to be better? Because this is, this is, I think the best thing the Big 12 can offer is the fact that a weakened Pac-12 is less of a, whatever it is. I've kind of been calling it the zombie Pac-12. If schools leave and the value is weakened, yeah. like I can't see Oregon and Washington wanting to stay around. I feel like they'd go somewhere else, even for part-time, lesser money, and then eventually as a full member. I, I feel like that the idea of a stronger Big 12, the next television cycle, next contract cycle is kind of the big selling point, right? Because it's, look, we might be the only power five game west of the Mississippi, you know, or, or I guess west of the Rockies outside of the two Big Ten, uh, the two, or, you know, maybe even four Big yeah. 12 school, uh, uh, Big Ten schools, TV companies have to fill out their TV schedule and we offer games yeah. start at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. and mm -hmm. people will come to us for program. Do you think that's the number one? I mean, I know that we talked about the stability part of it, but is that kind of down the line a big selling point, you think? I think that what they're they're concerned about, or what anybody should be concerned about, is we are we're hitting a, a sports recession. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you've got Notre Dame's gonna be up for a contract here. You've got uh, the championship, the bowl championship, you know, series, the college football playoffs, that's up, that contract's up. You've got NASCAR's contracts up, you got NBA's contracts gonna be up. There's a, there's a finite amount of money that they're going to have to spend. Right. And I think we might, we might be at the top of the, of that college spear now. Okay. We, that, that deal, which, you know, um, uh, Kevin Warren got for moving on. $1 billion a year for a right. conference that has Rutgers and Maryland. And I know as much as they're like, uh, we've gotten the DC, you know, you know this, cause I guess Mar Maryland, I'm from Virginia. Right. Maryland's like when they're good, they're semi big, but they haven't been like relevant enough to be big in DC for a long time. Well, I mean, that was, that deal was political. Okay. They <laughs> wanted, they wanted the market. And that's why, I mean, the big 12 is very strategic about what they do. They are not going to be pushed into doing anything. I had one guy tell me, you know, from the big 12, I'm sorry, from the big 10, I'm getting all the big messed up. Yeah. It's, yeah. The numbers are wrong. The numbers are wrong anyway. Right. So the, so the Big Ten says, you know, it's not our problem if Oregon and Washington don't like what they're doing. Right. Uh, you know, and, and they're not going to be pushed to do anything. And I think that uh, that's why they went and got Tony Petiti, 
I mean, Tony's a genius, okay? He will be fine. He'll make life good. He's a very low-key guy. So, you know, he's the opposite of Kevin Moore. And um, so I think that'll, that, that bodes well for them. But to get to your point, um, I think that, that the strength of the Pac-12, I'm sorry, Pac-12 teams in the Big 12 uh, is that, okay, we can do well in, in future, okay? The, and I can't stress this enough because I know people are going to get upset, but I'm sorry. They have, they're going to want to try. And I say, I'm not saying all of them, because we talked about Arizona, we talked about Colorado. There's going to be a lot of them are going to try like hell to stay together because of the, the money and the academic aspect of this. And I know you're sitting there going, well, why in the hell? Well, believe me, when you look at the amount of money that's being poured into those universities to cut yourself off from that and go to the big, you know, the big 12, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do. And, um, that's not throwing shade on any Big Twelve school because they're no. It makes I mean, look, the, the Pac twelve schools are they're they're a bunch a bunch of a lot of tremendous academic you know institutions um, on on the whole. I mean, uh, we have to, I, I, we got I've kept you way too long. I appreciate you giving us all this time. Timeline for you on this. I saw you tweeted out you know May. Yeah. Um, so you feel like that's that's a reasonable timeline because I, I think to me like. It, you know, baseball's happening now, softball's happening now, but but colleges are almost done here in the next month or so. And spring foot spring football games have already happened. So like yeah. this is actually kind of when we really start turning the page. I mean, you know, these spring football games are ostensibly the 2020, you know, it's 2023, 2024 football team. So we've kind of almost yeah. turned the page to the last year of the Pac-12 TV contract. So when do you see a resolution to this? whatever that resolution may be. And once again, I was stressed enough. I think you and I are on the same page. Right. Nobody knows what the resolution will be because nobody deciding it. Gosh, if I did, I'd tell you. Um, and, you and you'd make a lot of money doing it. You could put a two minute YouTube video or five minute YouTube video up and you'd get 20 billion views on it. Most right. likely. You'd be in good shape. Um, I don't, but the reason I said may would that would, that would put them at the 11, the 11 month mark. It was the 11 months that it took the Big Ten to get the deal that they got. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'm thinking you can't ask presidents and athletic directors to push beyond that period of time. And I don't honestly think they're that far apart from doing something. Okay, and I've said this to everybody. You mean the TV companies and the Pac-12 schools? Yeah, I don't think they're that far away from getting something done. Okay. I, I don't think they're that far. Um, I do believe. That it's going to come down to linear versus, um, you know, can't do we want to take more money and go streaming, or do we want to take less money, stay together, and get the linear package that you know uh, hitting the sweet spot? Unless something happens, and Lord knows it could, where you know George Klyakov pulls off this massive, spectacular deal. I don't know that that would be happening. I don't necessarily believe that would be happening, but we've been surprised before. The only thing I, I, I caution people is you hear a lot about networks being out of things. And, and I will tell you from personal experience that a network can be out to, today. And by the time we finish this podcast, they could have signed a deal with them. 
Right. Um, so I wouldn't rule anybody out. Um, just like I wouldn't necessarily say Even like a Fox, you wouldn't rule Fox out. No, not at all. Um, you know, again, Eric Shanks will pick up that phone, you know, and, and he'll talk. And if, it, if the deal is the right deal for him, then he'll take it. And so look, what we're going to find out very, very soon is a, if the deal is something that the four corner schools will just, I mean, I, this is how I split it up. The four corner schools can live with as well as Oregon and, um, you know, Washington and Stanford and Cal. So I really think that that's where we are, that, um, you know, the Big 12 is not going to have to wait long to find out if they're going to get some new partners. And uh, I put May there because I, I figured that's a reasonable 11 months because it took 11 months to do the Big 10 deal. Uh, 11 months is a reasonable amount. I don't think they're that far apart because there's no way that, that presidents and athletic directors are going to come out and talk about this stuff if they don't think that they're relatively close to, to a deal. It may not be the deal they want, which is why right. they haven't signed it yet. Remember, they may sign They In these deals, you look at the deal, you have to vote on the deal, okay? And in the case of the big, um, in the, the case of the Pac-12, just like the Big 12 or anybody else, it has to be a supermajority. So if you've got 10, that means eight. Eight schools have to approve this. Then you go to a grant of rights. Okay. So that's how the process works. And so if the process is, if I can accept it, okay, fine, then I'll sign the grant of rights. If I can't accept it, then there's no sense in signing a grant of rights. Okay. And one of the other things, just to backtrack just for a sec, the one of the things that benefited the Big 12 and Brett Muirmark is when they went in to do the deal with Fox and, and uh, ESPN, it was an extension of the deal. It wasn't a totally start from the beginning deal. And so they were able to pull that thing through quickly. So that's, that's you know, that's a benefit. To right. right. But I, I think we're not going to have to wait long. And I think if the Pac-12 and the Big 12 uh, fans um, will be put under their misery from this standpoint um, relatively soon. And, um, and we'll know who's staying where or who's going where or if anybody's going. So we'll see. Jim, I appreciate the time and all the insight. It's been very educational for me and, and hopefully for all the uh, viewers and listeners out there. Where can folks find you and your work and all of its variety? Uh, you can find me on, uh, I do a column for Forbes uh, and for Zinger, which is a Forbes subsidiary. Easy for me to say. Um, on Twitter at uh, JW Media DC. And, um, you know, uh, basically, from that standpoint, I try to keep people, um, I try to play both sides so people know that it's fair and I give you whatever information you, I got and uh, come on, you know, it's always fun to come on, Josh, and talk with people like you because you guys, uh, you and your followers make me aware of what's going on in, uh, in your conference and I learn from them and so hopefully you can learn from each other. Yeah, I just like to say, you know, as much as I got the Big 12 flag behind me, um, but, you know, I think I think the one thing is you, you try to cover this uh, and be fair about it and not, you know, because I think out of all of us, you mentioned the beginning, we were in the same spot, uh, you know, a little while ago, right? And uh, uh, there's a small part of me that kind of wants Pac-12 to hang on because that means we're not going to just go straight to super conferences and the sport that we know and love go away. So, Jim, appreciate the time. 
And um, if you do get that big update, please uh, come back on the show and, and go. Oh, yes. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you.